Hey there, everybody. This is PT Pop with A Mind Revolution. And today I'm going to be interviewing Mike Went. He is a Cleveland, Ohio filmmaker, production coordinator, and artist here in, the, uh, here in the Cleveland area. And he works with the Greater Cleveland Film Commission. And before we get over to Mike, um, just let me tell you a little bit about my documentary, um, Road to Forgiveness. This is my latest documentary. And this is something I just put out in November, and it discusses my upbringing by two alcoholic parents and living in poverty. So it's an autobiographical film. I've got a lot of great responses about it. Um, it's on YouTube it's for free. So check that out, and I'll put a link to it in the description here. But we do have Mike. Uh, Mike Went. Thanks for coming on the show tonight, Mike. And I'm oh, really thanks glad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's great to talk to you. I. I met you a couple of years ago. I think it was at a Greater Cleveland Film Commission uh, event. Yeah, and probably. I think a mix. Yeah, I think I remember we met at a mixer, or it might have been one of the film cafes at uh, yeah. Music Box Supper Club. And then, you know, you and I had connected. Uh, you know, we went to uh, Gypsy Bean. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm always. Glad to uh, to chat with you. Yeah, you've always been very friendly and open, and and you give me some referrals, which I really appreciate your support. And I think that's what I wanted to do with this podcast is like I want to start talking with people like you in the area, because I think it is an art community. I think the Cleveland art community is kind of fractured. I mean, you've got the Cleveland Heights community, you've got the Gordon Square yeah. and Seventy Eighth Street, and then you've got Ohio City, and it's kind of, and we kind of all don't know each other, and. Uh, unless you're always out networking and most of us were at least I used to be kind of reclusive and quiet and withdrawn as an artist. <laughs> and I, I've had to force myself to go out and network, which is kind of painful for me, but. Yeah, the, you're right. In that regard where there um, I've met a lot of people like, you know, different meetings or coffee meet or mixers or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of times when people have recently moved to Cleveland, I think the, the general consensus is, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head where it is a little bit fractured and it's just a lot of people are doing a lot of different things. So it, there's just not like sometimes that, that obvious person or group of people that you should interact with in order to get immersed in Cleveland. So I sometimes I've like kind of dabbled with all the, the different groups. So I, I can sometimes help connect people <laughs> through those, yeah. uh, you know, through the waters just because you're right. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we have so many talented people here, but, but a lot of times they're not always, they don't always know each other or they're not always super connected. And you're one person that is so friendly and, and, you know, when I met you, you were just so genuine and friendly and you've been helpful to me uh, with at least one of my films or at least trying to give me referrals. And I think that's really awesome because it's really hard to get people to open up. I think a lot of people as artists were kind of paranoid, like thinking someone's going to steal our ideas or. Sure, sure. And, and I understand that as a music, I'm a musician and a writer and stuff, but. Um, I think it's great that you've, you you're somebody you should start your own organization where you're coordinating an art group <laughs> or something. I don't know how how to do this because I, I just moved into the Twist Real building on Lakeside. Yeah. And there's a bunch of artists there, but the fine artists are all locked off in their own wing and I can't get sure. over there. 
And then there's a guy next to me that I've spoken to once. He's a, he's a uh, filmmaker too. And then there's a tattoo artist down the hall and um, a photographer I just met at the other end of the building. But we're all in our own little world, so we don't speak to each other too much. I'm going to try to get them all on the show too. So, um, oh, check out, I've got your website here. Uh, check out Mike's website, Mike Went Productions. It's www.mikewentproductions.com. And um, Mike's got a, a, quite a portfolio uh, of work behind him. And um, I guess I was going to start off with your work with the Greater Cleveland Film Commission. Sure. And if you can tell me a little bit about that organization and what they do and, and what you do uh, while you're working for them. Yeah. So <clears throat> the Greater Cleveland Film Commission is a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, the main goal of the, the commission is to help uh, drive economic uh, development here in Ohio by uh, hoping to attract uh, films and television to the area. Uh, we've had great success, success over the last uh, several years here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's generated uh, about $1.33 billion um, to the local economy. So oh, it's um, generated that much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's since 2009. So, wow. Um, so there's always things that we're working on to, to try to help make it better. You know, obviously we want to, um, we've been providing, uh, we've kind of upped the game as far as more uh, workshops to get more people interested if they're, you know, interested in getting to like the production assistant level. Um, but then also, you know, we've been talking to different various uh, people about, you know, hopefully cultivating some longer term things like a soundstage and mm -hmm. uh probably um you know down the line as well hopefully having a a fully fledged uh grip and electric house that's you know we have some small um companies here that or, or we have some some rental houses of course but the largest uh, grip and electric house in the state is located in cincinnati so um, mm -hmm. So a lot of times that people shoot here, they have to send somebody down to Cincinnati to get sure. the gear. So it's always better if if you can have it on the local side. And that's not to like take away the business from that Cincinnati place, but it's just, mm -hmm. it's more of a convenience thing. I would say. Oh, sure. So, so you work, uh, the company works with Hollywood executives, I guess you would say that come to Cleveland and say, Hey, you know, we'd like to do a film on public square. And yeah, you your company coordinates that with yeah Hollywood so Hollywood so to speak. Yeah, so like uh, we're usually the first line of communication when when a film or television uh, series is looking to shoot here. Um, you know, we'll we'll usually break down the script. We'll provide some scouting photos, and then you know if they're interested based on those photos, we'll take them. You know, we'll bring them in. We'll fly them in and put them up in a hotel, and then if they're you know, if the interest goes beyond that, that's when we start to, um, you know, connect them with local uh, industry professionals who can who can take on the projects full time. Because yeah. um, the one thing it is, uh, sometimes I've described it like speed dating a little bit uh, when you're working with these projects, because 
you know, it's like uh, you get to know them very well, but then then immediately you have to break up with them and give it to somebody else, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but, but that in, I think like at first when I started at the commission, because I did come from working freelance on a lot of the jobs, at first it was almost just like, uh, you know, it was every, it's like you have, each project is like, that's like your whole life for like that, that entire month or two while you're trying to attract them. And then you have to immediately move on to the next thing. But I, I've just learned now over the years, not to get too attached to a project, but knowing for the greater good, that project then is going to hire a lot of locals. It's going to help bring money to the, to the local economy. Okay. And the job is to always make sure that there's the next film after that. So I, I had heard, and I don't remember if I heard this at one of the meetings with Greater Cleveland Film Commission, that yeah. oftentimes there's drawbacks in this area, like in Cleveland, and I don't know if it's political or if it's mm -hmm. taxes or or what. what I've, I've seen like some, I don't know how it works. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but if like, sure. let's say Steven Spielberg comes in and says, hey, I want to do... ET three or something, you know, or I don't know if there was a two, but yeah. <laughs> so what, I mean, if Cleveland says, okay, we'll give you these kind of tax breaks. And if, well, they, yeah. if Spielberg doesn't like the tax breaks, he just picks up his, his money and goes someplace else. Is that how it works? And I'm, I'm just um, using Spielberg as an example. Sure. Sure. Um, well, we would always love if Spielberg came yeah. to Ohio, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, the so basically how it works is they there is a um a motion picture tax credit for the state of ohio so if a oh. film is interested they would apply for that and then if they get it um they would get 30 percent rebate based on what they spend in ohio so there there are no currently no um cleveland local incentives but um, but I will say, you know, just comparative to Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles, um, it is more cost effective to make a movie here. Um, and then, you know, the 30 percent rebate is probably, uh, you know, it's comparable to quite a bit of the other incentives that are available in other states. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just we're always working on ways to make it better. And right now there is a bill that's circulating in the Ohio Senate uh, that would uh, potentially raise our our annual cap because uh, right now it's at 40 million annually. Mm -hmm. um, so we're hoping to raise it um, to a higher amount, um, you know, at the very minimum, a hundred million dollars per wow. year. So that would that would help attract more things. And and part of this is generated because uh, some of our surrounding states are competitive. Uh, yeah. So you know, Pennsylvania just recently went to a hundred million dollar tax incentive. Kentucky went to a seventy five million. Um, it, Illinois just raised their incentive um, mm -hmm. quite a bit as well, and Indiana just. Uh, started a tax credit for the first time ever. So, you know, the competition to to stay relevant and stay competitive, you know, it's it's really we're trying to let the, you know, the state legislation know that, you know, 
we need to make some changes in order to stay competitive with this uh, current field. Excellent. That, that's that's excellent. I, I never even thought about any of this until I went to one of your meetings and I had no idea. You know, I just got into film production myself a couple of years ago. So it's yeah, just knowing what I had to do by myself to make a film. When I watch Hollywood productions, I just can't imagine the money behind it and the production staff and the just the paperwork. It just must be um, massive just, just, yeah, to get, just to get the production rolling before you even, and not rolling, but get it set up financially ahead of time. There must be. Yeah, huge... I, it, it's interesting because when I first started right out of college, there weren't as many production companies locally or there weren't as many opportunities. So like I worked on a lot of very low budget productions and um, so like the first time when I was able to get on a larger production, I was just kind of, I, I don't know, I was kind of dumbfounded about all the things that go into it. Like, I just, I just mm -hmm. assume it's like, hey, you got a camera, you got a yeah. you got sound, you got, <laughs> yeah. you got some people and some actors, you know, let's, let's go. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting how many are complicated, like how many things are involved with it, but, but certainly, um, you know, I think a lot of things that you learn on the very small budget movies apply to mm -hmm. to the larger things. It's just more money and more people. Now, have you always been involved in entertainment? I mean, do you do you remember a time in your childhood where you went, you know, I want to be I want to be in films in some way, shape or form? Is there a defining yeah. moment? There was. So I growing up, um, we my my household didn't have like a camcorder, but my grandparents had a VHS camcorder um, and we're always mm -hmm. filming things. So a lot of times I would ask if I could, you know, if I could hold the camera. Yeah. And, um, so that I think that kind of helped give the spark in my head. And then eventually mm -hmm. in high school, um, my parents uh, purchased, uh, you know, like a VHSC camcorder for for uh, my family. And uh, so I was, a lot of times I was bringing it to high school. Um, you know, I was kind of like that nerdy kid who just always had it <laughs> with me because I always felt like I should just be capturing something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of times I was, uh, instead of book reports, I was asking the teachers if I, if we could make an adaptation of, uh, you know, Great Gatsby and, and stuff wow. like that. Do you have any of those films from back then? I, I do. I just, um, I I recently was given or uh, some of these uh, VHSC tapes were unearthed uh, at my at my mom's house. So I'm in the process of converting a, a lot of them. Uh, one of them we, we did was, uh, oh gosh, Lord of the Flies. And, uh, oh, wow. We, we, attempt, we attempted um, to make a, because one of the classes like the the teacher liked to show a lot of movies so like we tried to make a, a uh <laughs> all right so instead of west side story we called it east side story and it was a uh a japanese version of it <laughs> so, oh wow like, it was our you know it would it you... probably would not be very pc but you know it's a yeah. lot of karate type stuff. yeah i was say karate <laughs> instead of knife fights yes something yes. like so, that yeah yeah um so <laughs> that's yeah, hilarious as I, was, <laughs> as I was like looking into colleges um 
it, you ever see the movie Rushmore, uh, the Wes Anderson movie? Yeah. Okay. So sometimes I I was not exactly like that kid, like the way how he acts, but I was like involved in like every club. So I think like I really had such a great time in high school that sometimes college was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And I was also I was the oldest of four. Um, so I was oh. kind of the guinea pig in in my family because my parents, uh, you know, they got married pretty young. Uh, so my dad went to like a technical school. My mom worked at a movie theater, actually. Oh, wow. And um, so like when all the college stuff was, uh, you know, for like PSATs and ACTs, like I just like sometimes I was just like, oh, I'm supposed to do this stuff. Yeah. Um, so. I ended up going to the University of Akron. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't really have a film program, but they had a media production program. So that's, you know, that's kind of like where I've, you know, planted the flag. And I was like, all right, this like I'm trying, I'm going to go all for this. Yeah. Now, you're not related to George Went, are you? I I am not. Okay. But uh, (laughs) I think uh, that's, you know my like myself my dad like we we are asked that all the time yeah yeah i i I was debating whether to ask you that or not no no no. you just hang up on me (laughs) i think it's hilarious no i it's like sometimes it's like oh man maybe you you know there's all this talk of like nepo babies or something i was like man that that could have been my in or something if we were related but uh who knows maybe if i ever did one of those uh you know, my 23 or whatever, yeah. maybe we have a, a relation, uh, or like a bloodline relationship, like many, you know, seventh cousin or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. As far as I can tell, no. <laughs> well, you, when you were in Akron, you had an internship at the Tribeca film studios, correct? Or was that yes. after, after Akron you? Yep. That was, uh, in my senior year of college. Um, so a good friend of mine from Akron, her name's Stephanie. Um, she got a job there. She was, a she was like a receptionist at Tribeca. So she helped me get an internship there. It was great. Um, and it was, I think at the time it was only like two days a week. So she also helped get me connected to this other company that was in, in the same building mm-hmm. because, uh, the the cool thing about the Tribeca Film Center was that there were they had multiple offices, so like a, a bunch of different production companies could be in there. Um well, well you you worked on a film with Robert De Niro, right? The Good Shepherd? Yes. Yeah, so, so um that was I was an intern there, and so there were I would say I never it's like I don't even think it's a like officially on the on the credits or whatever but um there were times where we would help in the post production phase like we were helping to transport footage or transport certain things to the I editor see. of the film so it like the editor was was merely like a few blocks away from from the compound or or like from the the Tribeca yeah. film offices so um there sometimes it's like I feel weird about you know IMDb thing that says intern because like I probably there's probably no documentation that says I was ever an official intern but I was an yeah. intern at the 
offices and sometimes help there. Well, so, it's, it's a good thing to have on there. Yeah. Did, well, did, did, yeah. Okay. If, from what I remember, there were times where they were doing test screenings of of the movie because um, that you know that film. I think the final runtime, you know, was about two hours and 40 minutes, but there was, there was a time period where they were toying with the idea of making it, you know, three and a half to four hours. And wow. I remember just some of the discussions, like when they did some of these screenings, it was like, you know, there was talk about maybe selling it to HBO so it can be split up. Mm-hmm. But then I think cooler heads prevailed and they, they cut it down to a much more, um, yeah, you know, relatable film <laughs> length. Did, did you get to meet De Niro? Yes, uh, oh. on a couple occasions. Uh, there were times where, like, you know, I would have to go get certain coffee for him, um, or you know, we would take mail up to his office. Um, so he has a uh, a production part partner jane rosenthal so she like they basically had the top some of the top floors where it's like almost broken up into two in the offices mm-hmm. so he would have he had a pretty large wing she had a pretty large wing um but yeah i mean he he seems like um you know a very nice man but he, he also seemed very shy um so it was that's what i've heard yeah yeah it, it was uh so it was a lot of times like when we get to interact it was mostly pleasantries talk yeah, about yeah. the weather <laughs> you know nothing you, you didn't get to call him bobby hey right, bobby right. can i get you some coffee bobby <laughs> right <laughs> no. nothing too deep yeah but it was still just like the cool thing of like being in the presence of uh, a legend um, oh yeah yeah but uh but yeah no i mean i i really uh i had a great time there and um it just kind of gave me the confidence that um you know whether i stayed in new york or came back to ohio that um you know i could really you know hopefully make a mark in this business that yeah that had to be a huge at that age to meet nero and encourage you to keep going you know yeah. in, you know in pursuit of your dream or, or your hopes uh, working in the industry i can imagine that would be great and yeah. while you were at school, you started your documentary, the, the End of the World. It's the end of the world yes. as we know it. Yeah. And, and that, that I think is, see, I had completely forgotten about this, <laughs> where they played that song over and over again for 24 hours. Yes. And when I was researching some things about you, I couldn't remember if it was before they went to R&B and hip hop or if it was before they became alternative. And and I think it was, well, you t- you can tell the story, but... Yeah. Um, what 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 inspired you to make this film? Um, yeah, that station was um, it was one of the last locally owned uh, um, rock stations in Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. So in for a while, it was called Power 108. And then that's right. In yeah. the early 90s is when it flipped to 1079 because of the you know the 90s alternative boom yeah um, and uh they started the station by playing it's the end of the world as we knew it and then or as we know it and then um they they finished it with that okay uh, but it was in both. Be- yeah so in between in 96 
when uh you know and this is like kind of maybe getting a little too in the weeds but the the telecommunications act of 96 allowed um stations or like companies like clear channel at the time infinity um to um acquire more than one station per city Mm -hmm. and at that before that it was almost seen as monopoly if you had, <clears throat> if you had multiple in the same uh, market, yeah. uh, so that it lifted the that. So that's what when it, all this like consolidation started, and mm-hmm. uh, so um, I was, you know, I'm now I'm 39, so I, I actually wasn't, you know. 92 when it became a station i was only nine years old so like i wow but but i was always kind of a radio nerd yeah Um, i listened to a lot of a lot of different radio and so a lot of us who or a lot of my friends like loved that station and we remember very distinctly the day that it went off the air Mm -hmm. so did some research and and what they did is uh, I I don't know if I said this they they played the song by REM it's the end of the world yes over and over again for 24 hours at, at when the show when the when the station first went on the air and then when they went off the air Correct. kind of okay yeah so um when thinking of like an idea for this this college class you know we were just spitballing the one day and we're just like you know you know what station i really miss is the is the end uh-huh. and and then the question always came up like, you know, why did that station come to an end? And mm-hmm. so then, you know, by doing a little bit of research, uh, you know, because there was a lot of there was some pretty good websites that were out there. But um, we were able to get in touch with with some of the, the disc jockeys and film a couple. And then we made like a 10 minute short. And it's one of those things that like we couldn't really I couldn't really like just put it out there on the Internet because it has during college, it's like, you can put as many, (laughs) um, you know, um, songs that you wanted in it. Um, but, but the short, we, we showed it to some people and it got enough buzz or like good marks that Mm -hmm. we were able to get other people who used to be on the station. And we also got certain musicians who were able, who were willing to contribute because they remember, um, breaking some of their music on that station yeah so um rem uh oddly enough uh, after like doing once again some more research they approved of us having the song in the film which was like really important oh I wow that's excellent of a story um and at the time that's when they were still um a band because like right now they're they're technically broken up but um so we we signed this deal and uh they they gave it to us uh what's called a gratis license which is for free but with the understanding that after a certain amount of years that if we wanted to you know sell dvds or blu-rays or something like that that we would have to renegotiate so wow um, yeah so right now the movie it is on Vimeo and I, I will send you a link um uh, to oh, watch cool. it. Yeah, yeah, I'd uh, like to see but, that. But uh it's like a private link on Vimeo. But um we are in the process right now of doing that renegotiation and hopefully um 
at the end of this year, we might be able to finally put it on Blu-ray or DVD. Oh, that's I'm, excellent. I'm very excited about. But one of the problems and um, with with any filmmakers who's listening out there, if you've ever made something, uh, you know, now, like, because it's almost been 20 years since we made that, which is kind of blows my mind a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, time flies. Wait until you get to be my age. <laughs> right. <laughs> you probably hear that from all the old geezers, like, wait, right. you get to be my age. <laughs> Well, one thing that's funny is just like, you know, sometimes hard drives after a certain amount of years. Yes. Not great. Or they're not very reliable. Or they're and, corrupt or something. Something goes wrong with them. Yes. And that's that's one of the problems that we have with the the original file. Oh. So but thankfully, um, I've saved all the it, it was shot on mini DV. So we have all the mini DV tapes. So I'm. um soon i'm going to go to one of these the the um dub houses around here and just i'm gonna like recapture all the footage so i can put it you know we can like hopefully enhance it make it look Mm -hmm. a little better because it was like i said i mean when shooting this in like 2005 six seven um you know there were no there weren't as many hd cameras of course mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um so if did, did you shoot with the whole staff or did you do this by yourself um we had like basically it was it was a lot of just my fellow classmates that okay. um, every now and then if somebody was available they would they would help um but but yeah i mean in the initial phase it was there was like a core of us about 3 or 4 and then um, as it kind of, as you know, sometimes docs can just drag on, yeah. um, you know, it's just um, whenever somebody was available, I was grateful for the help. So but, you didn't uh, have like a script and the whole production thing with storyboards and. Yeah, not, not kinda, really. Okay. Not really. And, you know, I think there recently I, I rewatched it again, um, you know, because it, it's one of those things where. I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish and I'm proud that it, it, it opened at the, or played at the Cleveland international film festival and yeah, yeah. places, but you know, there are certain things I would probably have done a little better, sure, uh, a little different now. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, it, it's just one of those things that I look back. It's just like, wow. Like I was like 23 or so when, when making that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I saw some I, of it, um, the little clips I could find and, you know, it, not to be condescending, but to think of myself at the age of 23, I couldn't have done, well, I didn't know anything about film at the age of 23, but for 23 year olds who are just in college to make that, it was really, I mean, you would never guess it was a college production. And, and I mean that in a good way. And I don't know if that isn't no, a, back, a backhanded compliment, but, um, and I really liked what I saw, and it, it 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 was entertaining, and it was edited in such a way you had all the different DJs and people talking about how it affected them and how the takeover by I think it was Clear Channel or yeah the big yeah. company because I remember when Clear Channel took over Cleveland Radio and it was in in the late nineties and I'm listening to Light My Fire by the Doors and they cut the organ solo the keyboard solo out of the sure. song. Like, why did they do that? I was furious. I almost called the radio station, but, you know, I probably would have talked to a robot. 
<laughs> but I was like, they they must have found a market reason to take out the organ solo because the mass uh, survey they did said people don't like it, so take it out. It'll it, you'll get more advertisers in with the organ solo out. But anyway, I remember that whole era where Cleveland kind of gradually became Clear Channel, and yeah. the formatting all changed. I think I don't know if it was all the stations, but these they were all taken over by Clear Channel, weren't they? Yeah, most of them were, and then some were owned by Infinity, which is now, and then it became CBS Radio. Now it's called Odyssey. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, I think you know Odyssey's like uh, in Cleveland at least, you know, ninety-eight five, ninety-two three, okay, four stuff like that. So, um, but then Clear Channels like WMMS and um, all that, and now. Uh, the end is owned by Radio One, which is um, they specialize in urban, um, urban uh, radio. So, but Clear uh, Channel is now iHeart, right? Correct, iHeart. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I am um, doing that film was great, and um, you know, I think uh, there's part of me that I don't know. Sometimes I, I look at. I look at the time or like, uh, you know, back then it's like maybe by now I should have had like, you know, two, three, four docs, but, um, you know, there, there were some that there was like one that I started, uh, which is about, uh, basically there were all these, uh, Catholic churches that, that were closed and they fought to reopen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I followed that for a couple of years. And then eventually, it, it's kind of interesting because then I started working more in the the feature films in town. So I I basically ended up making a deal with this with this filmmaker who was working on something very similar, mm-hmm. and uh, licensed her for no money though. <laughs> uh, but I licensed her some of the footage that I had shot, and then it it got used in this in this documentary. So that in a way it's like, um, you know, I guess my second film really just, or my second feature film got absorbed into this other film. Oh, but, I see. Okay. So, but, but currently I am finishing up a documentary about uh, a local filmmaker here. His name's Robert Banks. Okay. Uh, Robert is, um, is an internationally known, uh, experimental filmmaker, mm-hmm. but, um, he too oftentimes is, um, you know, he's sometimes hamstrung by the money, uh, when it comes to making movies. So sometimes it, it takes him a very long time to get a project done. So, oh yeah, he's been working on his very first feature film, which is called, uh, paper shadows. He shot it on 35 millimeter and he's still in the process of editing it in the, in the way that he wants it to be done. So like mm-hmm. the film, is edited digitally, but he wants it to be on a 35 millimeter print. So oh. and following him for a couple of years as he goes through the trials and tribulations of trying to get this movie done. Mm-hmm. So it's called Robert Banks. We'll talk about that later. So um, we're hope we're hopeful that we'll be uh, almost wrapped with this by the end of the year or early next year. Um, so this but this film has been in the works since uh, the first day of filming was February 2nd, 2017. So, wow. 
<laughs> so it's wow. that's it's been a long journey. But but the thing with uh, it, you know, and as as you know, like I think documentaries sometimes they they can take a while. Oh yeah, it is snail's pace. But um, when you have the determination to get it done. It doesn't matter sometimes how long yeah. it takes, as long as you you eventually finish it. Now, did is this? You're not doing this all by yourself. Did you write it and you're directing it? But you got cinematographer or you got somebody helping you? Because the problem yes. I have when I do it by myself is like, uh, you know, I can't be the cinematographer and sit in front of the camera because my most recent one it was like really hard to get me in focus and get the lighting right because sure. it's easier and you're just doing somebody, so to speak, and you're you're filming them. But um, so you've got a whole staff working for you, or yeah. So I, I have. Um, it, it's a small, it's a small but mighty staff. Um, mm-hmm. the, the main one of my the main collaborator that I'm working with on this. His name's Rob Montague. He's uh, the editor of the film. He's also, you know, he shot some of it. Um, and uh, you know, there was a, a original person, um, Mick Jones, who was like. Uh, you know, he's technically the co-director of the movie, but um, just for different reasons, you know, he kind of stepped off from the project, um, not not in a bad way, just like, you know, he was kind of, because it's been taking so long, he just wanted to do something else. And, yeah, uh, yeah. but he's still going to be a producer on the film. And, um, you know, my wife is, is technically a producer on it as well, but um but a lot of times during the pandemic, it was just myself, a, a camera, um, you know, mm-hmm. a lav, a lav mic, and with Robert, uh, just being yeah. with the subject because um, the uh, you know the editor was um, you know kind of had some health issues, so like he wasn't comfortable doing anything during the pandemic. So for at least yeah, about a year and a half, it was just. A lot of times it was me and in him uh, or me and the subject. And I feel like we got some really good stuff during that time. So like, you know, it helped kind of shape some of the, the narrative of the film. And um, how, yeah. how did you meet him and how did you come up with this idea? I mean, did, did you have an in yeah. with him or did you just call him up and say, hey, I like your work. Can I do a documentary yeah. on you? Yeah, a, a good friend of mine um, who unfortunately passed away during the pandemic, mm. um, um, his name is Rob Lucas. Um, he introduced us once mm-hmm. at the Cleveland Cinematheque, where Robert is a uh, a staple there. Um, you know, he usually sits in the front of the films. He, you know, he's usually very opinionated about movies, uh, but he also like does this like he always is laughing or has like this loud clap when a movie starts. So that's kind of how I was introduced to him. And then over the time when he was working on this film called paper shadows, um, I would sometimes work as, um, you know, an extra hand, like, a uh, basically either like, a, a camera assistant or a grip. So I got to work on his movie that he's been taking forever to make. Uh, and that's what kind of sparked the idea where I was just like, you know, um, he's such an eccentric and likable person. Um, you know, I feel like he deserves some kind of documentary because sure. he's had his experimental shorts have played all over the world. A lot of oh, wow. festivals like Sundance and, and everything. And a lot of, sometimes like locally, a lot of people, 
a lot of people know who he is locally, but there's also like a huge contingent. If I like, if I just went around with the camera asking people, have you ever heard of Robert Banks? There might be a lot of people who say they don't. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think part of this, this film is to hopefully give him a, um, you know, a profile and, you know, the fact that he is, and not that it's all about black and white, but, you know, he is an African-American filmmaker mm-hmm. um, trying to do this, you know, grew up from very, very humble, you know, um, beginnings and, and neighborhood, you know, that he is internationally recognized, but sometimes not even recognized in his own backyard is kind of interesting. Do you have any distribution channels or anybody interested in distributing the film? Because that's what I found out when I just started doing this on my own. It's like, you know, I went to Film Hub, yeah, and and I found out they just distributed on channels like YouTube. It was it was all, um, is it called pay, pay to view or? Um, oh yeah, not, not pay not pay to view, but it's it's you just make money through monetization. So, do, do you have connections with distribution channels that say, hey, yeah, this film about Robert Banks is great? Um, if you can get it done, you know, I, I don't know how that all works. I think they'll forward if you have a genuine distribution channel that they'll they'll distribute it and market it for you for a price right or something like that yeah i mean i think we're gonna we're gonna probably try to roll the dice and and apply to some of the the fest the festival market Mm -hmm. Uh, but i will at some point we'll probably sign on a a an agent to uh to try to sell it uh sales i think uh but but first like a, we have to have it done. You know, I, I think I have to feel confident enough because then, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not like a super wealthy person. <laughs> and so <laughs> and a lot of times, like, you know, I, I'm paying for a lot of this stuff uh, myself. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, we were fortunate to get at one point, we got um, a small grant uh, to, to work on this, but um, I feel that um, it's, it's difficult. Uh, to get documentary grants. Uh, that's one thing, funding. That's, you know, if you have any advice for maybe people that are listening or thinking of getting into films, where do you find the funding? I mean, yeah, grants, I mean, and that are, seems, it's it's very expensive to make a film. Absolutely. I mean, there are, at least in like, in Cuyahoga County, mm-hmm. uh, there, there are a couple different organizations that can help artists um, they're not large grants, but, uh, you know, like they, um, they had, um, one where I was able, we were, I was able to get, you know, $6,000, um, you know, which is not a huge amount, but like, but it helped, uh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. then like, you know, Cuyahoga arts and culture is, a is an organization that helps out. Um, but sometimes you have to have some kind of nonprofit uh, fiscal sponsor to, to be involved, um, in order to get those. So, so yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's one of those things that, um, you know, and I, I don't want to sound like a complainer, like, uh, <laughs> you know, about this, stuff. but, but yeah, I mean, sometimes when going for, for grants, I think, you know, there is, there are opportunities out there, but it's just, sometimes you have to, to dig, um, and really mm-hmm. just, sell it to the people of why you would need this particular money. But, um, but there are some people locally as well who, um, have invested in some of these things. And, um, but yeah, once again, it's like, 
it's one of those things. It's like, you just have to, I think, cultivate a good relationship with somebody, earn their confidence. And really, hopefully they, they see the same kind of vision uh, mm-hmm. that you have in the same project and, you know, can hopefully get that money. Now, now you were at the Cleveland International Film Festival for It's the End of the World, right? Yeah. And so that had to feel good to get it accepted was... at that film festival. It's local, but it's also international. And it's an, uh, it, isn't it, uh, what do you call it? Academy Award. Uh, it you, is... have a, you have potential to get an Academy Award if you win and all that stuff. It's not like the small ones. Yeah, it's it is eligible for the short film program. So say if if you make a a short doc, mm-hmm. a short um, uh, animated or a live action, if it is the winner of the of the festival, yeah, it's then eligible for the Academy Awards. Um, but uh, but no, I mean. Um, the Cleveland International Film Festival has always been super great to to myself, and you know there have been times where I've I've worked there seasonally as well, um, mm-hmm. just because I I love the people that work there, um, and it's it's just such a great event for for Cleveland, and you know puts us on the the global film stage and. Um, so I am planning to to help out with this year's festival, um, which I think that, you know, the last couple of years, it's been a little bit of a hybrid where mostly online and then some of it's in person. Mm-hmm. And last year it was back in person and there was still some online. But this year I think is hopefully going to be going to give a lot of people confidence to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Do there. So not that I, it's obviously not going to be guaranteed, but, you know, by having a good relationship with that festival, my hope is like, you know, when, uh, when we're done with this, uh, the Robert Banks doc that hopefully it can play there as well. And well, it had uh, to feel great when you got accepted into a oh, big yeah. film it, festival. I mean, you had to be on cloud nine because yeah. I tried to get in there and I got declined there and the Athens international film festival. And I, even tried some of the real, real big ones out West and in Europe. And it was like, yeah, I'm a pipe. Yeah. Train, but I was very nervous um, because, you know, I was, uh, I had volunteered with them a little bit. So some of the people who worked there got to know me. And when I submitted the film, you know, I just, I said, please be honest. If it's not good, don't put it in. <laughs> you know, oh, that's not, yeah. um, so you know, I, I paid the fee. I did all the, you know, whatever we had to do. And then when, uh, I remember being called into the, the pro the head programmers at the time, his office, mm-hmm. that's when he let me know that, that it was going to play. Um, oh, great. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, uh, probably cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, but then it, it, it was, um, it was pretty special because uh, it played in two theaters at the same time and it was pretty much sold out. So um, I, I will never forget that uh, just getting to introduce it to an audience. And, you know, that's where some of the insecurities come in where it's just like, Oh, could this be moved? Can this be a little more perfect? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Could the sound be better? Um, You know, I, I think, while I was playing, like I just made sure that it started. Then I like, went <laughs> to the, 
I went in the uh, the hallway for a while, just kind of paced. Just yeah. Until oh yeah. I knew it was over because we were going to have to do a Q and A. But, and it's uh, it's like that with any piece of art. Like if I do a painting or and somebody looks at my stuff, I kind of cringe a little because I can see the imperfections. Even in the films I've done, it's like, oh, and I see, I'll say to my wife, do you see that? She's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, oh, there's yeah. something I did wrong in the editing. And she's like, no, I didn't even see that. And nobody's going to notice unless they know film. And right. So he always right. reassures and, me, you know, that most people yeah. are going to pick up on that. But yeah, I mean, the, the feedback was was mostly good. I mean, there, oh, good. there were cer- certain people who, yeah, I mean, there were certain people who thought on some technical levels it wasn't super great and i'm i'm grateful for that too uh i mean it's mm-hmm. hard to hear at the time uh because you want to just embrace the positive but um uh you know i think that's just how we all we always get better um and uh but yeah it, it was a, it was a very great moment for sure. what do you think is the hardest thing about working on a film or just in the film industry is there something that really sticks out in your mind that really makes you go boy this is tough yeah, I I think sometimes it is balancing the um the work life with personal life at times. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, when when I used to freelance on the the movies um and everything, you know, sometimes you know you're working upwards of like 60 hours a week and then on Fridays usually sometimes depending on the schedule is you might start at like 4 PM on a Friday and you don't finish until about 4 AM on a Saturday. So by the time you get home, it's like six and you sleep for most of the day. And, yeah. You know, you realize like you have to do laundry, you have to get, <laughs> you have to do some life things. And then, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that was, it's part of the reason why I enjoy working now at the film commission where it's like, I still get to dabble in the film life, but I get to go home after 5 PM usually. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean that, that's definitely one of the things. And, and I know um, when I first started dating my wife, uh, we, I was working on this movie that was, that was a really like, it, it was just, um, kind of a mess in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and it was just i was so like tired um whenever we would get to hang out during the filming of that so yeah it's, oh uh, yeah so so yeah it, you know it kind of makes you moody and and everything so um but i i think there are sometimes you know you have to make those sacrifices when when making a, a film to you know to give to fully give yourself to it Um, but then at the same time, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, it's good for you, um, you know, on like on a personal level. So, sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I I would say that that is probably the one hardest thing about working on a movie. Did you, have you seen the Robert Crumb documentary? I have, I have, you know, that that took 10 years to make. Wow. I just found that out a couple months ago. I just about dropped my teeth when I saw that. I was like. Yeah. 10 years and i guess you know i can't imagine just i i kind of read that crumb didn't want to do it after a while he was sick of it and this <laughs> this, this guy who was kind of friends with him said yeah we well, got to keep going and it's a great yeah. documentary i really love oh, absolutely it. no that's that's like it was com- somewhat of an inspiration for this for the robert banks documentary it, oh really so was, uh, so was american movie oh um, okay 
which I, have you seen that one? No, no. Oh, I'm going to write that down. That That's one of my favorite documentaries. It's about uh, this guy um, who makes these low budget horror films. And um, he has like a best friend who unfortunately he just recently passed away. Um, but um, him and his best friend, they, you know, they're from Wisconsin. So they have like those. Yeah kind of Fargo type accents like, Oh, you know, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, if you can find that one, that is, that's one of my favorite docs of all time, but that and crumb came yeah. out like around the same time. And those are big influences on me for this well, particular. The opening scene in my current documentary road to forgiveness is inspired by, I think it's the opening uh, scene in the crumb documentary where they're scrolling through credits and there's a, I think it's a camera on the rails and it's going, I think right to left scanning over his artwork or something like that. Prints of it on a tabletop. I don't know if you remember that shot. It's, oh, I think it's yeah. the very yeah, beginning. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, that's a perfect, I can do that with my family photographs and put my parents wedding pictures. And just, I had this cheap rail system here in the house and I just went like that and, that's definitely taken from the crumb documentary, but um, yeah, that's great. I kind of cheeked it off this. So are you working on some other than the um, Robert Banks film? Is there anything else you're working on or? Yeah. I mean, right now um, just. Uh, or anything with, you want to plug, I should say. Sure. With the commission, um, you know, we are, we're always looking for, you know, we're always scouting for, for the next film. We, we currently have a movie shooting in Cleveland uh, called Lost and Found in Cleveland. Um, okay, so we're oh really? It's called it's that. it's it's about Cleveland in a way, yeah. or it's just filmed yeah. here. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy. It revolves around the uh, the PBS's Antique Roach Show. Oh. So they actually they got the rights from PBS, or they got the approval from PBS to to make this romantic comedy about it. Um, it has Martin Sheen. And, oh, nice. Um, and then we have uh, a couple things that are in the works, but you know, not a, not um, allowed to really say what sure. the films are. But uh, but you know, pretty excited about that. And then uh, you know, just in other kind of things, I'm um, you know helping to produce some some of uh, my friends' projects. You know, they there's like a short or two uh, on the table for this year. And mm -hmm. um, there's a, a documentary, another documentary that I've been helping with. Um, I'm an associate producer on um, it's uh, by the company called transition studios, which is local, but they're making um, a doc series about uh, girls, high school wrestling in the state of Ohio. It's called unsanctioned. Uh, you know, for a long time, if girls wanted to wrestle, it was not considered a legit sport. It was just um, mm. considered a club. So yeah. uh, this documentary right now is um, is just showing the, you know, the advancements that, uh, that mm -hmm. the girls have made in order to now get it le legitimately sanctioned by the state of Ohio. So in a couple weekends, I'm going to be going to Columbus. We're we're going to be covering the uh, the state finals. Oh, that's uh, excellent. But, uh, but the the really cool thing about it is that the the girls who are in this, like the girls that we're following, they're all from like diverse backgrounds, and um, you know each of them has a very interesting story. And you know some of them come from uh, lower 
uh, income homes. Some of them come from, you know, nicer uh, income homes, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to make for pretty compelling. Yeah. Story. Yeah. That you sounds know, the interesting. Hope, the hope is that they they'll sell it to uh, a streamer. Um, I know like the, the director really hopes, you know, Netflix, but uh, I don't want to jinx it. So I'll, I'm not going to it. Yeah. <laughs> I can edit <laughs> that out. So you don't yeah. <laughs> jinx yourself or something. Sure. <laughs> now that's, that's really awesome because I would think that, um, you know, women's sports, girls' sports are looked at totally differently because um, there's actually women that play professional football in their own yeah. league. And we saw a women's football game out in Arizona when we lived out there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the best two teams in the world. It's like watching a be- really bad high school team. But yeah. some some of these ladies could really just knock the crap out of each other and some of them could catch the bomb. I mean, it was no different than watching guys. I mean, if you... Yeah. No, it was women. You wouldn't know. I mean, not not that they're masculine. I just mean it didn't matter. And so there's a whole oh, yeah. thing where women's sports aren't taken as seriously. I don't think in in our country anyway, or probably around the world. I would imagine. Yeah, but, some of these girls. I mean, I can guarantee they they could legitimately kick my ass. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome, and um. You know, that's all I have for tonight. And and if you yeah. have anything you want to plug or, I mean, uh, check out Mike's website here. Which yeah. Is... It, Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, there's my website, uh, MikeWentProductions.com, or uh, you can also, if you're interested in learning more about the documentary, it's uh, RobertBanksDoc.com. So oh, okay. on the, you can find a teaser for the film. And then there's, um, we've put a, uh, a gallery at um, towards the, end of the page where you can watch Robert's um, his award-winning wow. experimental films. So just because I'm sure there's going to be some people when they, they say like, you know, why would you make a doc about this, this person? And then hopefully if they look at his work, then you can see like, you know, Hey, there's some, mm-hmm. there's some legit um, talent there and a reason why we chose to go down this route. Excellent. That's excellent. I'm looking out and check that out when we, when we hang up here, but uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Um, I really appreciate it. I appreciate how friendly you've been towards me um, over the last couple of years. And uh, you you give me a couple of referrals and um, I wish you all the best luck with your, with your documentary. I know how hard it is and how much time you put into it. Okay. Thanks very much. So that was Mike Went, And if you want to meet a really genuine, friendly, sincere guy. Mike's your guy. He's friendly in, it doesn't matter if you're an artist or not, he's very fair and reasonable. He's been very nice to me. Check out his website, mikewentproductions.com. He's also got a YouTube channel. I'll put links to both of those here in the description of this podcast and in the video. But uh, thanks again, Mike, for being on the show. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Everybody, thanks a lot for listening. I'm P.T. Pop and the Mind Revolution, leading you out of the rabbit hole one grain of truth at a time.